Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, the show where America is the star and the American people. To search for the Our American Stories podcast, go to the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Feinstein is a sports writer of 42 books, 23 of them New York Times bestsellers. His first book about Bobby Knight and the Indiana Hoosiers, A Season on the Brink, is the best-selling sports book of all time. He's also the friend of Duke University's legendary basketball coach, Mike Krzyzewski, otherwise known as Coach K, who won five national titles at Duke and three consecutive gold medals as the head coach of the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team. John's here to tell the story of how that almost didn't happen. I actually first met Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Valvano on the same day when I was a senior in college. Duke was playing Connecticut in New York City at Madison Square Garden. Duke was bad in those days. People uh, refused to believe that Duke was ever bad in basketball, but they were bad. In fact, the Duke-UConn game was the first game of the Garden Doubleheader. The feature game was Fordham and Rutgers. That's how different times were. And I flew into New York, which was my hometown, with Bill Foster, who was then Duke's coach, Tom Mickle, who was Duke's sports information director, and Tate Armstrong, who was the star of the team who had played on the 1976 Olympic team for Dean Smith. And there was a media lunch uh, every Tuesday in those days in New York for the New York basketball coaches. And... 
Jim Valvano was coaching at Iona and Mike Krzyzewski was coaching at Army, his alma mater, where he had played for Bob Knight. And when the lunch was over, Valvano came over to see Bill Foster because he played for him at Rutgers. And he brought along with him Krzyzewski and Tom Penders, who was then the coach at Columbia, who would go on to win 648 games in his career. And as we were talking, I mentioned to Krzyzewski that I had seen his greatest game in the 1969 MIT when I was a kid in New York, when Army had upset South Carolina and he had guarded John Roach, South Carolina's All-American, the whole game and held him to 11 points. So that sort of got us off to a good start although we did vehemently disagree on the subject of the Cubs and Mets. He's a Chicago kid, Cubs fan. I obviously New York kid, Mets fan. But after I got to the Washington Post a year later, I kept in touch with both Krzyzewski and Valvano. So I knew them both when they were hired respectively at Duke and at North Carolina State in 1980. And by then I was covering ACC basketball for the Washington Post. And so I dealt with them a lot. And I think it's fair to say I became close to both of them. I later, years and years later, I wrote a book called The Legends Club, which was about Krzyzewski, Valvano, and Dean Smith, all of whom I, I was fortunate enough to, to deal with quite a bit in the 1980s when they were coaching against each other in the Research Triangle in North Carolina. And Valvano, of course, was a rocket. His team won the national championship in 1983 the famous survive and advance team, the championship ending with Lorenzo Charles's dunk off of what Derek Wittenberg still insists was a pass. Uh, and so Valvano, because of his personality, because of his success, was a huge star. Krzyzewski, not so much. He used to joke about how he had to follow Valvano at ACC media days. Jim would get up, do 20 minutes of stand-up, leave everybody on the floor, and then Mike would follow and talk about the battle for the center position between Mike Tissaw and Alan Williams, which didn't exactly rock the room. So Krzyzewski's first recruiting class was, was the bust. They finished second for a bunch of very good players, the most notable being Chris Mullen, who went to St. John's. Uh, but then the second year, they had a better recruiting class, a very good recruiting class, in fact. But that in, in Mike's third season, 1983, the team was divided, seniors and freshmen, resenting one another. They lost a game early in the season to Wagner at home. And the drum beats were getting louder that the alumni thought that Krzyzewski was a bad hire. And you have to go back. The two real heroes of this story, other than Mike, are Tom Butters, the athletic director, and Steve Vesendak, who was the number two guy in the athletic department, who had been a star at Duke in the 1960s under Vic Bubis, played on Final Four teams there. And it was Vesendak who first brought Krzyzewski to Butters' attention. Butters knew that Bill Foster was going to leave for South Carolina at the end of the 1980 season. And he put Vesendak in charge of the coaching search because Vesendak was a basketball player. And there were a bunch of names that were out there. Bob Weltlick was at Mississippi. Bob Knight was pushing him hard. Weltlick had played, coached under, under Knight, as had Krzyzewski, of course. Bob Wenzel was Bill Foster's number one assistant and helped build the program. People forget that the year Foster left, Duke lost in the Elite Eight. They were good, but most of their key players graduated off that team. Not all, but most. And there was a guy named Paul Webb who'd had great success at Old Dominion. In fact, the day that Duke hired its new coach, the Durham Morning Herald had a story saying that the new Duke coach's last name would start with a W, Wenzel, Webb, or Weltlick. But the Sendak had met Krzyzewski, when Krzyzewski was coaching at Army, he was living in Annapolis, went and spent some time with him as he was preparing for a Navy game, Army-Navy game, and was blown away by him. He was very young, but very much in command of his team, and was clearly, in Steve's opinion, a great defensive coach. So he brought Krzyzewski's name to Butters. Butters had never heard of him, literally had never heard of him. And he said, okay, what was his record in Army this year? And he, the Sendak went 9-17. and 17. And Butters, I can't hire a coach at Duke who was just 9 and 17 in Army. Vesendak convinced him to meet Krzyzewski. And he did twice and was blown away by him and said to Vesendak at one point, I think this is the next great coach. And Steve said, good, hire him. He said, I can't hire a coach from Army with a 9 and 17 record. And that is indeed true. 9 and 17 at Army isn't exactly what you want to bring 
to an ACC program that had just gotten to the Elite Eight. True, they were losing many of those star players who got them to the Elite Eight. But my goodness, 9 and 17 from Army. No powerhouse when it comes to NCAA basketball. That's for sure. When we come back, more of this remarkable story of how Coach K's career almost didn't come to be here on Our American Stories. American Stories, we bring you inspiring stories of history, sports, business, faith, and love. Stories from a great and beautiful country that need to be told. But we can't do it without you. Our stories are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. If you love our stories in America like we do, please go to OurAmericanStories.com and click the donate button. Give a little. Give a lot. Help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. And we continue with our American stories. We last left off learning that Duke Athletic Director Tom Butters saw Coach K as the next great basketball coach. Talk about some vision. But he couldn't bring himself to pull the trigger on a coach from Army with a 9-17 record. Let's return to a friend of Coach K's and sports writer of 23 New York Times bestsellers, including the one he wrote about Coach K, The Legends Club. Here's John Feinstein. 
Butters did hire Krzyzewski, and in fact, he shocked the basketball world. It was completely unexpected. As I said, he'd been 9-17 and 17 at Army. And Knight, interestingly, was pushing Weltlick for the job. Butters had, had spoken to Knight about who he should hire, and Knight had told him Weltlick. And Butters said, well, what about Mike Krzyzewski? Because Steve Vesendek had brought him up. And Knight said, well, I don't think this is the time for Mike but he's got all of my good qualities and none of my bad, which was a very accurate statement, as, as it turned out. But the other thing is that when Krzyzewski got the job, he literally had to spell his name for the media at his opening press conference. And he said that one of his goals as a coach was for his players to be able to spell his name by the time they graduated. Of course, this is in the days when players did actually graduate. The next day, the student newspaper at Duke, the Chronicle, which is where I started my career, had a headline that said, not a typo, Krzyzewski. And most people had not heard of the guy. I mean, basketball junkies like me had heard of him and knew him, but nobody in the ACC had any idea who he was. And again, it took a lot of guts for Tom Butters to hire him at that moment. And in fact, after Krzyzewski's third year, when Butters didn't fire him, he got death threats, literally, from boosters. And in fact, I met with him, Tom Butters, when I was working on my book, The Legends Club, on Krzyzewski, Jim Belvano, and Dean Smith. And he brought with him a box. And in the box were let letters. And one stack of the letters were from boosters, in 1980, written in 1983, 1984, saying, fire him or I will never give another dollar to Duke. In the second stack of the letters were letters sent in 1990 after Duke had turned it around and Krzyzewski had become a star and he was offered the Boston Celtics job by none other than Red Auerbach. And the letters were from essentially the same group who had written in 1983-84 saying, get rid of this guy, saying, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to pay him, do not let him leave. And fortunately for Duke, it wasn't about the money. Mike felt he hadn't won a national championship yet. And so even though he'd grown up as a Celtics fan and worshipped Red Auerbach, he said the job's not done yet and, and turned it down and, of course, won his first national title the next year. And that's how much it turned around. When Mike was offered the Lakers job uh, in 2004, he was offered $40 million for five years. And he wasn't going to take it, but he, he had to give it some thought, given the money, and it was the Lakers. And he called Butters, and he said, what do you think, Tom? And he said, I think you should give me a 10% finder's fee if you take the job. And Mike said, okay, I'll send you $4,000 because his first year salary was $40,000. And uh, so the, they flailed for three years. And in 1983, Mike's third year, they lost their last game of the season, 109-66 to Virginia in the ACC tournament, Ralph Sampson. If you walk up to Mike Krzyzewski right now and say, what was the score of the game against Virginia in the ACC tournament in 1983? He can tell tell you what it was in an instant he's never forgotten and the fourth game that night first night of the ACC tournament was uh, Georgia Tech in Maryland and I was the Maryland beat writer for the post and Bobby Dwyer who was um, Mike's number one assistant at the time who'd come with him from Army came into the Omni the old arena there which is now long gone and found me and Keith Drum who was the sports editor of the Durham Morning Herald at the time and was probably the only member of the North Carolina media who hadn't attacked Krzyzewski and hadn't called for him to be fired. North Carolina media, then as now, is made up largely of North Carolina graduates. The school has a great journalism school, and, and many, if not most, stay in the state. Keith had also gone to North Carolina, but he liked Krzyzewski, uh, liked and respected Dean Smith too, but he liked Krzyzewski and thought he was going to be a great coach someday. Keith, would, Keith ended up being a, an NBA scout. So his level of understanding of basketball was different than most sports writers. So Dwyer came to the press table where Keith and I were sitting and said, when this game is over, you both need to come with me back to our hotel. And we said, why? And he said, because Mickey, Mike's wife, is in the room crying because she's convinced they're going to get fired. Uh, all the alumni and boosters have Tom Butters backed up against a wall in the lobby, demanding that he fire Krzyzewski immediately. And Mike is pacing around trying to figure out who to kill first because he's so angry with everybody. 
And uh, so when the game was over, uh, Keith and I, it was after midnight by then, got in a car with Bobby and we drove to the perimeter of Atlanta where Duke was staying and went to the hotel and it was pouring down rain. And we, we drove to a Denny's nearby. It was Mike, it was Bobby, Keith, me, Tom Mickle, the sports information director, Keith's wife, Barbie, and uh, Johnny Moore, who was Tom Mickle's assistant. And we walked into the Denny's, we sat down, and they gave us water. And by now it's two in the morning. And Tom Mickle held up his glass and said, here's to forgetting tonight. And Krzyzewski held up his glass and said, here's to never blanking forgetting tonight. Blanking is one of his favorite words for the record. And so we all, we, we didn't laugh because he was dead serious. And, and then the discussion went on and, and Dwyer mentioned that Tom Sheehy, who had verbally committed to Virginia, very good player, might be thinking twice about that commitment and maybe they could get back involved and try to recruit Sheehy. And Krzyzewski shook his head and said, no, no. First of all, we don't do that. Second of all, if we can't win next year with these four freshmen, Allery, Billis, Dawkins, uh, and David Henderson, and Tommy Amaker, who is coming in as the point guard, then we should get fired. And in many ways, that statement to me, having known Mike for as long as I have, that's who Mike Krzyzewski is. It's never someone else's fault. Mike Krzyzewski has always taken the approach, what did I do wrong? How do I get better? Now, some of that is his West Point training, because when you're a plebe at West Point and a, an upperclassman speaks to you, you're allowed three answers. Yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse, sir. And Krzyzewski's life has been built on no excuse, sir. I've never met a coach who uses failure to his advantage more than Krzyzewski. And that night was a perfect example. So the next year, of course, with those five guys I mentioned, they went 24 and 10. They beat North Carolina with Michael Jordan in the ACC tournament, and that was the turnaround. And you've been listening to John Feinstein tell a heck of a story about how Coach K's career at Duke almost didn't happen. After year three, still not winning, at the heart of Tobacco Road, the heart of ACC basketball country, Coach K loses to the University of Virginia and Ralph Sampson's team by an epic, epic blowout 109 to 66 it does not get worse than that and losing it in of all places in the acc tournament everyone was sure that was it the boosters were coming after coach k everyone was the wife was crying and he was just mad and who was he mad at he was mad at coach k in the end and he was taking responsibility and ownership for that loss as he was taught to do at west point Three answers to a question at West Point by an older person. And that is an older student, folks, when you're a freshman. A senior has to be addressed as sir. Yes, sir, no, sir, or no excuse, sir. And as John Feinstein said, no excuse, sir. Those were the words that Coach K lived by. And by the way, I love that scene in that Denny's. It's pouring rain, and there's one coach toasting to forgetting the game. And what does Coach K say? reflecting his true character, his competitive nature, and a little bit of his Irish Catholic, well, let us just say, fanciful nature with some swear words. He says, here's to never blanking forgetting tonight. Never forgetting. And that's what animated Coach K. That loss, that failure, drove so much of his life. When we come back, more of this remarkable piece of storytelling by the great sports writer John Feinstein here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we continue with our American stories and with John Feinstein. Duke's head basketball coach, Coach K, was almost fired in 1983, as we learn. But the following year, he went 24-10. This was the turnaround season for Coach K. Let's return to his friend and sports writer of 23 New York Times bestsellers, including the one he wrote about Coach K, The Legends Club. Let's return to John Feinstein. From there, again, they made the tournament the next year. And in 1986, they went 37-3, and went to the national championship game, lost, I will say, on a bad call. Krzyzewski would never say that, but I will, and became college basketball's next great dynasty. It's my opinion that the only coach who you can put ahead of Krzyzewski on Mount Rushmore is John Wooden. But five national championships, uh, 13 Final Fours, more than Wooden even, and, and ACC championships. And I mean, he went to 23 sweet 16s. That's just stupid. 23. And in every one of them, because in the old days, of course, you know, before they expanded the tournament, conference champions went straight to the sweet 16. But starting in 1985, you had to win two games to get to the sweet 16 and six to win the championship. So 23 sweet 16s. Are you, I mean, Dean Smith, Great coach, longevity, all that. Went to 18, which is a great number. And But the first three, he didn't have to win a game to get there because they once they won the ACC, they were in the Sweet 16. So his numbers are just ridiculous. 1,205 wins. I mean, the numbers just go on and on. And But to me, the one thing about Krzyzewski that shouldn't be forgotten, he went to his first Final Four in 1986. He went to his last Final Four 36 years later in 2022. And think about how much college basketball changed during those 36 years. There was a 45 second clock for the first year in 1986. There was no three point shot in 1986. There was no, no one had ever heard the phrase one and done in 1986. And the game, the way the game was played has changed so much since Mike first started coaching, which was at army in 1976. 
and he adapted. He kept saying, if I want to continue to coach, I have to change. Not, I'm going to sit here and say, it's terrible that change has taken place. I'm like that myself. But 2022, his last year, he goes to a Final Four with the youngest team he ever coached. So I could see that in him very early on. I really believed if Duke gave him the time, he was going to become a great coach. That night at Denny's was sort of a key moment. In fact, so in 1991, when they won the national championship for the first time, I walked on the court after the game and I walked up to Mike and I put out my hand and I said, Hey, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. And he pulled me in and he said, we've come a long way from the blanking Denny's haven't we? And 20 years after that, I was working on a book called one-on-one, which was sort of about my experiences with the people I dealt with in my first 10 books. It was a professional semi-memoir. And one of the people, obviously, I wanted to talk to was Mike. And I called him and I said, look, next week, when you play at UNC Greensboro, you're going to go past Dean Smith on the all-time wins list. And if you go back to those early days at Duke, there's no way we would have ever thought about you and Dean Smith in the same sentence, much less you going past Dean Smith. And I'd like to come down and just hang out with you and talk to you about those early days and things like that. And he said, sure, come on down, meet me in my office at two 30. You can ride the bus to Greensboro with us. We'll talk then. And once we get there, we'll have time in the locker room before the game starts. Does that, is that okay for you? And I said, great. So I drove down to Durham and met two friends for lunch. One was Bill Brill, who was also a Duke graduate. And the other was Mike Craig, who's now the athletic director at St. John's. But back then, he was kind of Krzyzewski's man Friday. He was his chief fundraiser. And if, if you watched Mike walk off a court after a game, two feet behind him was Mike Craig at all times. And um, so we went to lunch. And Mike Craig said, so when are you going to talk to Coach K? And I said, well, on the bus going to Greensboro. And he said, you came all the way down here just to talk to him on a cell phone? I said, no, I'm going to talk to him from the next seat. And he said, no, 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 you misunderstood something. Nobody who's not part of the team rides that bus except for Mickey. He said, I don't even ride that bus. So you misunderstood something. So I walked him through what Mike had said. I said, what did I misunderstand? And Mike Craig's shaking his head and he goes, I don't understand it. Why would he let you do that? Why would he let you do that? And I said, because I was in the blank and Denny's. And, and, that, and to this day, Mike will bring that up to me when we're, you know, just talking about how important that night was in his life. Mike will tell you, and Dean Smith said the same thing about his first three years at North Carolina, that in today's world with, with, the, with social media, with the internet, with sports talk radio, with 24-hour sports networks, he probably would have been fired by the end of his third year. That, you know, I got emails and tweets from North Carolina fans during this past season when North Carolina was 16 and 16 and seven, but they had just lost to Duke by 20 at home saying, Hubert Davis can't do this. Hubert Davis is, was the wrong guy. We got to get rid of Hubert Davis. Well, they ended up in the national championship game and beat Duke twice along the way to get there. So that's the way the world is today. It's knee jerk reactions. It wasn't that way. There weren't nearly as many games on television in those days sports talk radio hadn't started yet 1987 wfan was the first all sports talk station in new york city there was no social media there was no internet so mike was able to fly pretty much under the radar other than with duke people during that time and even then it took a lot of guts for tom butters to stand by him throughout that period and uh, like i always i always say this to people that he's a better guy than he was a coach. And, and that's a hell of a statement if you think about it. But he's still digging out right now from all the emails and cards and letters and, that he's gotten from people. He said he had 3,000 of them after the season ended. And he, he's, he wants to answer every one of them. And uh, the, the things that he's done for people that nobody knows about, it goes on. The list goes on and on and on and on. My, my brother had cancer 21 years ago, and he's also a Duke graduate. And I called Mike and I said, listen, would you mind giving my brother a call? You know, because it would cheer him up just to hear from you right now. Mike said, sure. So we called him and they were on the phone for about an hour. And my brother is a typical fan. 
you know, he knows better than the coach. So he said, coach, can I give you some advice? And Mike said, yeah, sure, Bobby. And he said, you need to play Casey Sanders more. And Casey Sanders was the backup center. And Mike said, okay, I'll give that some thought. Well, in February, Carlos Boozer got hurt. So Sanders became a starter while Boozer was out. And then when Boozer came back, because they'd been playing well, Sanders continued to start, although Boozer still got the bulk of the minutes. And when they won the national championship that year. And to this day, my brother takes credit for that national championship. And every once in a while, he'll call me and say, Krzyzewski should do this. And I'll say, here's his cell number. You give him a call and tell him that. <laughs> and a terrific job on the production and the editing by Greg Hengler. And a special thanks to John Feinstein for sharing this remarkable story about his friend. And what a thing to be able to say after years of writing sports is that these weren't mere subjects you were writing about, but friends. And that shows the character and nature of John's work and his commitment to telling the story of American sports and the people who make it hum. And it's a business, but it's more than a business. My goodness, we learned that from the passion, from the fans, their knee-jerk reactions to losses. It's overwhelming. I listen to sports talk radio sometimes, and I just pity any head coach of anything. The relentless criticism and the desire for immediate gratification is almost unrelenting and how to manage it in today's environment. Well, kudos to the people who do. And that night at Denny's, that stuck with Coach K all the way through. He never did forget. John Feinstein, the story of Coach K and how his career almost didn't happen here at Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
This is Our American Stories. We like to think that we know our hometowns like the back of our own hands. But do we? Our next story is about the famous and important visitors who were forgotten to time, but who made an impact on one particular American city in Ohio. Here's our own Monty Montgomery with a story. Hometowns. They're the places we know best. We've grown up there, after all. Every street corner has a story. Even if we've left, we know how to get around. We even know who lives where. But do we know who's visited? Ted Long of Holy Toledo History sure does. And he wrote a book about them. But why? So my name's Ted Long, and I've been around the local history scene here in Toledo for 20 years. Years ago, got started doing day-long regional tours for Leadership Toledo, class of like 50 young executives that, you know, want to learn more about their community. And that kind of sucked me into all the different local history stories. As I took them around the, the community and told those stories, I got more and more intrigued. And the idea for the book, Forgotten Visitors, really came from just kind of a serendipitous thing that I was reading a story in the New York Times, and it was essentially um, a theme about Wyatt Earp. And in it, he talked about the Willard Dempsey heavyweight championship fight that happened in Toledo in 1919, and how when Jack Dempsey stepped into the ring to start that fight, he looked out in the crowd and saw... Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson taking guns from the tough guys in the crowd. And I was blown away. I mean, I'm just stunned. Like, I had no idea these two icons from the Old West ever visited Toledo. But on top of that, I never would have imagined they did it together in 1919. So I started to scratch my head and think, you know, what other visitors came through this area that you don't know about, that you've never heard about? One that I feel is really fascinating is the Mark Twain story. You know, it's not surprising to me that Mark Twain visited Toledo. Frankly, it's kind of makes sense in terms of him traveling the Midwest and uh, promoting his, his books. But what's interesting, it was 1869, so it was really early in his writing career. You know, it was at a time, too, where he was pretty still unsure of himself. And the real twist in that chapter is his own fear of visiting Toledo and making a presentation because it was the hometown of David Ross Locke, whose pen name was Petroleum v. Nasby. And Nasby at that time was probably the most famous newspaper columnist in the United States. And uh, Locke had recently purchased the Toledo Blade newspaper and was running out of Toledo, his, his um, uh, weekly column. And so if you read the letters that Twain was writing to his future wife and some of his partners, he was really worried about coming here and then having to perform in front of an audience that's very familiar with Petroleum v. Nasby. He ends up, hits a home run, does a fantastic job, but Afterwards, he writes these letters where he's all of a sudden cocky and he's real sure of himself that, you know, he really, you know, brought the, the house down in Nasby's hometown. And that really made him proud of himself. And he wrote this immediately after his performance in Toledo. He said, it was splendid tonight. The great hall was crowded full of the pleasantest and handsomest people. And I did the very best I possibly could. And I did better than I ever did before. And then he says, I felt the importance of the occasion, for I knew that this being Nasby's resonance, every person in the audience would be comparing and contrasting me with him, and I'm satisfied with the performance. Eventually, he's offered a position at the Toledo Blade, and there's another letter where he writes to his mother and explains, you know, he's just not sure what he wants to do next, including taking up Nasby's offer to move to Toledo and write for the Toledo Blade. You know, his decision not to take that job was probably the best thing that could have happened for the writer's world and the reader's world because he went on to write such great books. So that's that's an interesting chapter that has a, a twist you wouldn't expect. You know, Mark Twain visits Toledo, so what? Then you get the backstory and you find out there's really a lot to it. 
And then there's the story of Wrongway Corrigan. I fell in love with Wrongway Corrigan when I started to research that story. I was aware of the idea of Wrongway Corrigan, but I wasn't really sure what the whole story was. He was an, uh, a pilot who had actually worked on the Lindbergh project and you know as a as a workman and in the meantime was flying at night and um, he had the idea that he wanted to fly from the east coast to Ireland and he particularly wanted to go to Ireland to you know pay tribute to his family's background and he builds this monstrosity of an airplane that people called a Frankenstein he took pieces and parts from all these different planes and he builds this monstrosity and he was not able to get licensed. He kept submitting requests for this big trip, and they kept the um, aviation administration kept turning him down. And finally, I think, as you read into the story, they felt sorry enough for him that they said, "Look, we'll give you a cross-country license." So he was given license to fly from California to New York and back. And he flies to New York and decides to take off from New York, supposedly go to California makes a wrong turn and ends up in Ireland. And that's how he got the nickname Wrong Way Corrigan. And of course, as you read into this, you'll find that he was a pretty sharp guy and he didn't make a wrong turn at all. He knew exactly what he was doing. I found out just weeks after he came back from Ireland, he had a ticker tape parade in New York that was, they say, bigger than Lindbergh's. He did end up flying into Toledo for a quick luncheon and then back out to the airport for his next trip. Another famous visitor to Toledo? Harry Houdini himself, whose trip became quite instrumental in the development of his daring feats of escape later on. Well, Houdini's an interesting subject because he he was in Toledo quite often, frankly. He came here early on in his career with his brother, right after they had uh, first appeared at the Chicago World's Fair, and uh, then had many, many appearances here at several of our theaters. Interestingly, there's an unpublished biography that he wrote in which he described his most harrowing or most difficult escape, and he said it happened in Toledo, where he had the Toledo Boiler Company come and essentially weld him into a boiler on a stage, and then he escaped. It took him 90 minutes. That night when he got back to his hotel, he wrote in the diary, he has to find some other big trick because this one's just taking too much out of him. And he went on to say that that was his most difficult trick, and it happened in Toledo. The other thing that happened in Toledo that's interesting is he started off working with his brother, but eventually runs into his wife in New York. She becomes his lifelong partner as the Houdinis. And early in their career, they were having difficulties. People were looking at different types of entertainment, and they weren't really attracted to the, 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 the magic kind of act that Houdini was doing. And frankly, he was shut down in a Toledo show halfway through. There weren't enough tickets sold. And he tells the story of being totally dejected and heading back home thinking he may just quit the business entirely. And it was right at that time that he runs into this Minnesota-based production giant who convinces him, you got to change your program, move into these big, bold escapes. And, you know, that became, you know, the Houdini that we all know today. And it turns out, when you research your city enough, you'll find out what makes it so interesting and special in the first place. I learned a lot of different things, but the one thing that I think really stuck with me was that Toledo was really an important transportation center. Quite a few of these visitors came through Toledo because of its size. It was a good-sized city. But many of them showed up here because it was unavoidable. You know, if you're on your way from Chicago to New York, you're going to stop in Toledo. If you're on your way from Detroit to Pittsburgh, you're going to come through Toledo. All the railroads, you know, we were at one time second only to Chicago in the number of railroads coming in to town uh, in the country. And that really played a big part, not only in who visited here, but who moved here. And it says a lot about kind of that whole idea of, you know, the mixed bag of Americans that came to the Toledo area and made up, you know, what we have today, which I think gives Toledo its signature flavor. It's a city with a lot of variety and uh, a lot of cultures, and I think that's still today what makes it, for me, a great place to work, live, and play. 
And great job on the production and the story to Monty Montgomery. And also a thanks to Ted Long. By the way, send your stories about your towns to OurAmericanStories.com. We want to hear them. And again, OurAmericanStories.com. Ted Long, his stories of famous Toledo visitors. And that's everyone from Mark Twain to Houdini here on Our American Story. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.